This is episode number 347, How to Be More Satisfied with Your Life, with Matthew Lesser. Welcome, my name is Oleg Lohit, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your false potential. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to make a few quick announcements. The first announcement being in regard to our work, and that is if our work has had any form of impact in your life, please consider supporting our cause by either making a contribution through our website at overcomingodds.today or leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can find these inspiring and courageous conversations. The second announcement that I wanted to make is in regard to our recently launched program called Rewrite Your Story. What this is is a program that we've been developing over the past five to six years of working with people from all over the world in helping them rewrite their story, the story of their past, the story of their present, the story of the hardships they have faced in their lives, and helping them reframe those hardships and challenges into opportunities to learn and to grow from. If you feel that this is in alignment with you, please consider visiting our website at overcomingodds.today where you'll be able to find the latest details for how you can be a part of this particular program. Now, let's get back to the show. I know you and I were talking about this topic of satisfaction based on the book that you had recently launched. And I'm curious, maybe this is the best way you and I can even kick off this conversation is at what point did you begin to notice that you were not satisfied in life? And how has that definition evolved over I'm assuming it's been a number of months to years as far as figuring out like, okay, this is what satisfaction means. This is what it feels like. Now I'm stepping into this kind of work and this role in life where I feel comfortable and confident in. That's a, that's a great question. And uh, loaded question been, off the bat. <laughs> uh, yeah. Can we start with a softball, please? Um, hey, uh, I would say that the, um, it has been a journey of of years, not not days or weeks or months. And for me, it really um, it it was one of those things that was under the surface for many years, and began to come to the surface probably about five years ago. And it was one of those things that um, over the course of about twenty years, uh, back from when I had my my own business and then into the world of of private equity, especially. Um, I just had, I had an opportunity to work with, with leaders and owners of businesses uh, literally all over the world. And I began to see um, a theme and that began, began to be, uh, be I, I saw a pattern um, evolve. And, and the pattern was this, uh, the, the people that I worked with, uh, normally, mm-hmm. you know, very highly intelligent, successful people that had often spent their entire, you know, entire careers, if not lives, building what they thought was um, a means or a vehicle for them to find a, a satisfaction in life and find a, a, to live a thriving life, as our, especially as our culture defines that. But what I found instead was that 
after years of usually sacrifice, sacrificing time more than more than anything, time with spouses, with families, with kids, they reach this point where they kind of look around and they've climbed all the ladders they can climb and they've reached the highest peaks they can climb. And, and they just start to say, is this it really? And um, and so as I saw that, I began to ask myself, OK, really, is this it for me, too? Mm. Uh, I, you know, here I am. I have sacrificed a lot of, especially with my kids. You know, I'll, I'll never forget that. You know, I I have three kids, and uh, they're all three years apart. My daughter is right in the middle of two boys, two very rambunctious, outspoken boys, and um, <laughs> I missed my daughter's first steps. Mm. And uh, and I, I I missed her first steps. I missed her first words um, because I was traveling, because I was away from home a lot, because of what? Because of my career and because of what I thought would bring me, hence my family, satisfaction. And, uh, and that all began to unravel for me about five years ago. I didn't notice it at first, but my wife and uh, especially did, and some close friends around me began to see cracks in, in, in I don't know what you want to call it, cracks in the foundation. And, um, and finally, about five years ago, um, I, uh, I resigned from, from the world of private equity. And uh, I call, I'll never forget this phone call. I called my wife on the way home and I said, honey, I, I resigned today. And there was this about a you know a minute pause. And, and finally I heard sniffling and, and uh, I knew she was crying. And I said, are, are you okay? And I said, I, I thought we were on the same page here. And, uh, and she said, no, no, no. She said, these are not tears of sadness. She's like, these are tears of joy. Um, she said, I've been praying for this because she said, you have this, um, she's like, you have this innate, or I shouldn't say innate, you, you have this drive inside of you that I, you've had all of your life. And um, it, it's not leading to what I think it's going to lead you to. And that is you're trying to find uh, a thriving life and, and, and you're doing it by sacrificing what you really say you value in life. Mm -hmm. But the only person that could ever get you to believe that is you. And so that really began uh, this journey in earnest. And, um, and so I, I went from there to another job, went into the banking world. And uh, it's one of those things, oh, like in, in, the first, in the first week, I knew I'd made a mistake. Uh, I gutted it out for about 10 months. And then um, I left there. I uh, didn't know what I was going to do after that. And then uh, about six months after that, I, a, a good friend of mine invited me to come join him and help him build his family business. And so I did that. And uh, but the whole time, though, there's this 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 growing awareness inside of me that I was doing the same thing that I had observed for 20 years. Mm -hmm. And um, it wasn't what I wanted. And it wasn't bringing me any satisfaction. In fact, it was bringing me unsatisfaction. And so I started writing this book um, last uh, February of, of 21. I penned the first uh, first few words. And um, I finally left. Uh, I, I left my friend's business. Basically, we had accomplished what we wanted to accomplish, and I did this full time and finished the book. So, um, so it's been this journey of uh, that really started back when I was a teenager. Um, I had just spent uh, the better part of a year in the hospital from I, I had a rare blood disease and uh, was was limited to a bed for the better part of a year while I had treatments. And it was during that year that. Um, that that's where I, that's where I, that's where I really say that I met God and I coming out of that, then, um, I had this, uh, strong calling that, uh, someday I wanted to write and I wanted to speak and I had no idea. That's really the only, that's the only, that's the only 
part of the journey I saw. And so I spent the next 30 some years trying to figure out what that meant and what that calling looked like. And so, um, you know, basically a little over 30 years later, here I am trying to pursue the, the calling, the dream that I had when I was 15 years old. Do you remember by any chance what it was like to be able to turn the someday into today? Because I think that's a common story for many people. I mean, myself included, I've been in that boat where I wanted to make certain changes, changes, changes in my life, but yet I just continue to repeat to myself, someday I'll do that. Someday I'll do this. Someday this will happen. And the reality of the matter is, at least in my experience, someday never comes sometimes because it's always some distant point in the future. And I found that really the only way to kind of break through it is to be able to articulate what is it that you're trying to do and turn that into today. Even doing a small step today is, prob is probably better than doing nothing and waiting until someday. Yeah, it really is. Um, uh, for me, I think the, the someday, I, I played the someday game from the time I was 15 until I was, um, my goodness, 47. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then when I, when I left, uh, when I first started writing the book, um, I was, uh, I, I was 47 when I started writing the book, I'm almost 49 now. And, um, I, I guess for me that someday turned into today when I wrote the first sentence and realized, okay, I'm writing this book now, where's this going to lead? And then uh, about four months later is when I um, I, I left working with my friend and decided, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to make this thing go. I'm going to try it and see mm -hmm. what happens. And, uh, and so basically it's, I, I love the story of, of Cortez 1519, his Spanish conqueror and they land in South America and, and uh, he, he was facing mutiny and uh, he brought all of his men on, on shore. And when they were all on shore, he literally burned their ships so they could not return to Spain. Mm -hmm. And so that was that was my burn the ships moment when I left working with my friend and decided, OK, I'm not going to go find another job and try to climb the corporate ladder. I'm going to try to make this work. You know, I've been toying with this for you know 30 some years at that point, and, um, and I'm going to go for it and see what happens, because, uh, you know, you only regret the things you don't try in life. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's so you might. Um, you know, has this been, um, you know, the book, in the book, I talk about uh, the difference between thriving and flourishing. You know, thriving is all about accumulation. It's accumulation of wealth, of possessions, of power, positions, building your resume, building your portfolio. And does that actually bring you satisfaction and purpose in life? And I, I believe the answer is no, it does not. And so what does it mean to move from thriving to flourishing? And the biggest part of that is a mindset shift from it's all about me and what I can get out of this life to what I can give to others and living a surrendered life to saying, okay, you know what? I believe that I am gifted with certain skills and abilities. I have certain experiences. I believe that I'm called for something, um, call it greater, call it part of a greater good, something bigger than me, whatever, however you define calling. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, and I have a, I have a, um, I, I have a certain way of, of contributing value that people see. And so there's, there's a confirmation from others that I can contribute value and then putting all those things together and kind of at the center of that is living a flourishing life. And so, um, like, so you're specifically to answer your question, my someday became today 
the day I walked out of my friend's um, company with my all my stuff in my boxes hmm. and said, I'm going for it. How do you know? It's really fascinating that you mentioned a lot of this. The, the first thing that kind of comes to mind is in regard to the calling or being something that's a part of greater than you. How do you know what that thing is? Like how, how is it a feeling? Is it some sort of experience, some sort of knowledge that you receive that kind of gives you the perspective and insight, or is it something completely different? You know, I think it, I think it may be a combination of all of those things. Mm -hmm. I can't speak, I can't speak for everyone. Um, for me, it was something that when I was, like I mentioned, when I was 15 years old, I had this clear, um, I had this clear calling. I'm not going to call it a vision because I don't believe it was a vision, but I had this clear um, message, if you will, that that's what I want to do. I want to write and I want to speak. I was at this, I was at this, this teen, this conference for teens. It was my annual summer camp and it was just clear as day. And it was one, it, for me anyway, it never went away and it just got stronger over time. And I had no idea, quite frankly, what that was going to look like. Um, I just knew for me, it never went away. And every time I thought about it, it grew inside of me to the point that, okay, I, I need to actually do something about this, or I may never do something about it. Yeah, I've experienced the same exact thing. I think there have been so many times throughout my own life where I've had the same exact feeling. And still, there are probably things from my childhood that I chose not to act on for a variety mm -hmm. of reasons. And yeah. the thing that you mentioned as far as living with regret, which is something else that I was going to ask you, as far as whether you even regretted the fact that you weren't able to see or experience your daughter's first words, first events, whatever it might have been, whatever it might have been in your life. And how do you how do you deal with that? How do you cope with those things on a daily basis? Does it get does it get easier? Does it become harder? with every single day and knowing that it happened and there's nothing that you can do about it to kind of go back in time and reverse whatever did take place? Uh, that's a great question. Um, it, it, it doesn't get harder. It doesn't get easier either. And so mm. I would say that for me, it was um, just realizing I can't change the past. You know, you can't change history. Um, that story is already written. And so I, I believe that, um, to a large degree, we and we're writing our story every single mm -hmm. day. You know, this, mm -hmm. at the end of this day, I'm going to turn the page, and then tomorrow is a different day. Mm -hmm. And so, if, if I don't like the story that I'm writing, it's time to put down a period, turn the page, just for a new chapter. And so, that's what I had to do in my life. Was okay. You know what? I I don't like um, some of what I've done. I don't like who I'm becoming. I don't like. Um, the person that, that, uh, that, that I say, I don't want to be, but yet that's what I'm doing. I'm violating my own core values at times because of what I would sacrifice in lieu of what I said was not important to me. Mm -hmm. And so it just came to this point of saying, I'm putting down a period, I'm turning the page, I'm starting a new chapter. And then it's just a matter of if, if, if there are issues from my past where I need to deal with those. So yes, I, I took my daughter out for dinner. And I apologized. You know, she doesn't have much recollection, much, much any recollection. I don't think of any of this, um, but I do. And so, um, so I'll do the best I can to make amends where I need to make amends. And then um, when those thoughts come into my mind, it's just a matter of, okay, saying, telling myself the truth and not allowing lies to dominate my thinking. It's so interesting that you mentioned this because that's something else that I've actually 
forgotten over time is the, the power of choice. And I think it's always there. I think it's always has been there. And there've been so many times where I literally abandoned that. I, I for whatever reason, I said, no, I don't have the ability to make this decision or choice, but really ultimately at the, at the end of the day, and it sounds like you found the same exact thing, the choice is always there. It's not the easiest of choices, right? To be able to flip the page and say, hey, this was a chapter in my life. I'm moving on from this. I'm going to start over from X, Y, and Z. And even in that regard, I don't personally believe you're ever starting over. I think you're always starting from some sort of experience or some sort of um, perspective that allows you to move forward. And I think in, in recognizing that, that's been one of the things that actually helped me make some of these more challenging decisions. Good for you. That's great. Yeah. And, I agree. And, and begin new chapters. So it's yeah. really, it's interesting that you also mentioned the fact how it's taken you what 30 plus years to be able to find a lot, a lot of this. And yeah. for me, what it made me realize and think of is that it's truly never too late it's yeah. truly never too late to begin any project, to start from any point. And so I'm kind of curious from your lens, having started this at the age that you are now, was that ever a thought in your mind that, hey, I'm too old, it's too late, I just got to kind of continue what I've been doing instead of something completely new and possibly foreign that you haven't done before, right? Yeah. Um, the answer is absolutely. I did. In fact, um, <laughs> for, for five, this is no joke for five years, I, I began thinking about writing a book about a decade ago. I mean, seriously thinking about it. Mm. Um, I didn't, uh, I guess I should say I dreamt about it <laughs> about 10 years ago. Uh, five years ago, I got serious about really thinking about it. And I began to, the model that's in the book, um, began to come, got, began to come to life. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I literally began praying, God, take this desire away from me. I don't want to do it. I don't want to write. I don't want to do this because I know how hard it is to write a book. It's even harder to get it published. And, and I just, I don't want to do that. And every time I prayed, I had, rather than that being released of that, I actually got more clarity. And so it's like, okay, God, you and I are not on the same page here. And so, um, so I began to time to change just, religions. I, exactly. <laughs> right. Um, so, so yeah, for me, I thought about that all the time. It's like, and, and, um, and, and I, and I agree with you, what you said too, you, you don't start over, you carry your story with you. You know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in the power of story. Every one of us has a story and it's unique. And that's why we need to tell our stories because, the story of who we are today is based on who we how, who we are up to that point. And then who we are tomorrow is based on how we add to our story. And so, um, so yeah, I love what you said that we don't start over. And I believe I, I agree with you 100%. A friend of mine once told me, he said, better stories create better people. And, and I just thought it was so profound because mm -hmm. literally the whole conversation him and I spoke about was what are the stories that are serving you and what are the stories that are not serving you? And I think those yeah. those questions are so powerful because, at least for me, I've noticed there's so many stories over the course of a day that we tell ourselves, right? Mm, I can yeah. do this. I can't do that. I'm not meant to be in this room. I can't be connected with this person. And then I realized that just challenging each and every, each and every one of those narratives, that it wasn't always the case. 
Maybe I am meant to be in that room. Maybe I am meant to write that book. And I, it, it's funny that you mentioned how how much of a challenge challenge it is to be able to put the book together. I'm putting one together myself, and it's it's the same exact process, right? <laughs> yeah, the same exact thing. Going through the thoughts, like, am I worthy of doing this? Who's gonna listen to it? What do I have to share? What is a value? Uh, it's it is a journey that. I would recommend to many people. And at the same time, it's a journey that I've been challenged in probably the most out of all the activities that I've ever done in my life. Wow. Wow. Well, I, for one, will read your book. So you have one, (laughs) at least you have an audience of one for now. So anyway, I'll read it. (laughs) So, Would you do it again? Would you Uh, you write one again? Yes. In fact, I'm already writing uh, the second book. So, um, when I was when I was writing the first one, it's interesting. What the, the book that I actually set out to write wasn't the book that popped out, and there's many reasons why. Just part of the the uh, where I was in life and and mm-hmm. the story that of my life at that point. And um, but I actually I actually wanted to write a different book, and so now I'm writing that book. and And I see the I see the beauty in this because um, I'm now able to build on what I wrote in the first book into the second book. And so I'm glad it went down this way. I mean, I believe everything happens for a reason. And so, um, so I'm really grateful that I, that this happened. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm neck deep in, in writing again and I'm, I'm loving it. Do you think everything happens for a reason? Is it because you choose to give it a reason or is there something else behind that? Um, I think that there's a, I, I think that everything happens for a reason and I, I, and I think that that's uh, it might be two sides of the same coin, um, because I believe that we need to see the reason in it. And, 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 and I don't want to try to over um, complex this or try to over spiritualize it or whatever. Um, but I do believe that there are there are things that happen to us in life, both good and bad, that help build our character. And so it's how we choose to respond to those things. You know, you know, just for me, for example, I've throughout my life, I've had various challenges with my health. I mentioned when I was a teenager, I spent a year in the hospital with a rare blood disease. I, I went through a, um, a clinical and a deep uh, depression in my early 20s that uh, wound up basically taking me out of uh, taking me out of life for um, about six months. Um, I'm current. My 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 oldest son uh, went through a bout of cancer. And then, and now recently I'm facing a very rare, um, immune deficiency. And, and, you know, I could choose to, I could choose to look at those things and say, you know what, woe is me. Why is this happening to me? This really sucks. And, and, and I hate this and blah, blah, blah. Or I could choose to take the perspective and say, okay, what are the lessons that I can learn from this? How can I grow from this? And how can I use this to, to bless others? And, and so it's looking for, okay, what are the, what are the positive things that I can learn from this and how can I grow through this? And the same thing happens when we have good experiences too, rather than just saying, oh, that was a good experience. It's like, okay, what can I learn from this and take out of this to make myself better? I feel like it's the only way to move forward, or at least that's what I found. I'm yeah. sure there are pl- you know plenty of other ways to move yeah. forward, but I found that finding a lesson or finding a positive has been the most beneficial way to move forward, even in the most challenging of the circumstances, right? Like put myself in the same exact lens that you just described. 
what has this taught me? What have I not been able to see before? What have I learned? In a way, actually makes the journey a little bit more enjoyable rather than looking at it through the lens of why is this happening to me? I can't believe it. I, I've been in the same exact boat for many, many years. And then I started mm -hmm. to realize that really the question of why me, the answer to it was why not you, right? Why oh. aren't you the one that's meant to go through X, Y, and Z in your life? to be able to have the perspective that you do and share it in the way that you do with other people. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you hundred percent. And, you know, I also believe that if we're um, you know, my personality type is, is tends to be quite stubborn. And so sometimes the only way to get my attention is to, uh, is to kind of knock me out for a little bit and say, Oh, okay. I got that message. <laughs> so welcome to the club. You right. know, luck, luckily, there's a free membership to that one that we don't have to pay because I'm I'm the same exact way as I'm sure many yeah. other people are. Yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah, and it, it's it's funny. I, I'd say that tongue in cheek, but I'm actually kind of serious, and I I think you are too. So <laughs> I'm glad to be part of that club. <laughs> Matt, how do people connect with you? Where can people find out more about the book, and where is it available? It's um, so the book is available on um, it's available on Amazon. And so you just search unsatisfied when less is more or you can search by my name, uh, Matthew Lesser. Um, so we can find a book. It's also available Barnes and Nobles and many other uh, platforms. It should be available in stores sometime this month. Uh, so it just was released uh, about three weeks ago. Um, as far as getting in touch with me, uh, my website is www.uniquelynormal.com or shoot me an email at matt at uniquelynormal.com. And I'd love to connect with people about the book or about you know what we've been talking about or anything else in life, really. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, please consider subscribing to our future episodes so you can receive all of the latest content also, if you like what you heard, consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can find these inspiring and courageous conversations. Once again, we thank you for listening, and we we'll look forward to having you next time.